0: And now, here's this episode of the Elevating IT Podcast, sponsored by Audit. We're we're live on Facebook and YouTube. So if you're watching, do me a favor, post something in the comments, let us know you're here, say hi, Uh, thank you for being here, and I want to introduce our panel today. So we've got Paul Havens. Who is in Washington state, yeah. Bob Coppage in Ohio, and Angel Rojas in Florida. Welcome guys.
1: We've got the gamut. Thank you.
0: So we've got the country covered I'm in Connecticut. I think we've got well Bob's kind of in the middle, so we don't have the lower
1: yeah, missing California. Level.
0: If if we had one more person, we'd we'd have you know somebody in we could put Bob in the middle and we could have Rachel. <laughs> So, all right, guys, so I'm going to dive right in, and um, yeah, I want to go around around and just have everybody introduce themselves, tell us about, you know, what you do, where you're from, what's your MSP, all that kind of good stuff. Why don't we start with Paul, and then Bob and Angel.
1: All right, I'm Paul Havens. Uh, my company is IT Haven. Uh, we're located in uh, Kennewick, Washington, which is the eastern side of Washington, which is uh, Little known fact, that most people don't know, that there's a desert in Washington, and that's where I live. I live in the middle of the desert, uh, tumbleweeds and everything. Um, Today it's going to be 100 degrees. Tomorrow it's going to be 105. So it's it's warm here. And uh, I've been in the MSP industry for over 15 years now, and I started my own MSP about three years ago. And uh, we've been growing steadily every fa- ever since. And I've focused on security, and uh, and selling through security, and uh, going faster with that. Um, I brought on audit for IT about a year ago, and I saw an increase in my uh, QBR revenue uh, probably by a hundred percent just by bringing on on that and Warranty Master; those two combined. 100% increase in uh, the project revenue uh, over the last year. Wow,
0: love to hear that. Warranty Master is a great product. We love them. Yeah. Um, Bob. Cool. Uh,
2: Grand Poobah CEO, whatever you want to call it, a Simplex IT in Northeast Ohio. Uh, we are started as a pure MSP back in 2007. Uh, and essentially, like all MSPs, we're, we're caught up in that whole how do we define value? Uh, and how do we define differentiated value when we're comparing ourselves to MSP number two, number three, and four, so on and so forth? Uh, we also do a fair amount of what I call commits or co managed IT services. And uh, we've had a fair amount of, of fortune on that, on that area as well. Awesome.
0: Angel.
3: Uh, hi, I'm Angel Rojas with DataCore Technology Solutions, and uh, we've been a uh, managed services provider in Tampa for 17 years now, so I uh, started back in 2003. We service uh, companies that range from about uh, 10 computers to about 50. Uh, it's a great range to be in, and uh, the business owners in that range uh, don't like to see a lot of detail. They just want the facts, and they want them quickly, and so Audit helps me to do that. Awesome.
0: So I'm going to bounce a couple of questions. Maybe we'll just, um, you know, we can mix it up, mix the order up. I'll let you guys decide. You guys can fight out who wants to go first. Um, For the panel, what were some problems that you guys had with selling or business reviews, if you had any, um, that brought you over to using Audit in the first place?
1: Uh, well, I guess I'll start. <laughs> um, I'll start there. Uh, I I brought it on because mainly doing my uh, quarterly business reviews with my custom with my clients. Um, I started as a pure MSP too, and I always did uh, quarterly business reviews with my clients and the gathering of materials and making it presentable um, to a C level uh, business uh, perspective, prospect. Um, Kind of was detailed long enough that it took me two to three hours to maybe a full eight hours to get all the details combined and then write a report that was in the right wording for the C-level of the company. And so bringing in audit, I was able to take that time down at least in half of what I do, if not even farther than that now. Um, I've got it down to where I think I can do a, a business review in about two hours uh, And then go in with the business review with that and warranty master and it gets the high-level report done Instantly and quickly and then that's really all they want to know um, And then we talk about where their business is going the rest of the time. And it's more of a personal level that we could get to, get to Awesome How about uh,
3: angel all right. So um, I, I used to use the popular tool out there to collect a bunch of data and make big, thick stacks of paper. And I was looking for something that would help me to it, it, it just th- that was just too much info. And the executive summaries when I would present them, what they won, uh, uh, they had seen them before. So uh, so that kind of kind of made it a little awkward. And uh, two, I had to go and apologize for all the false positives that were in those executive summaries. And I didn't really want to have to go sit there and filter through the false positives. It just didn't make any sense. And it just made for for awkward sales situations. So I looked at at audit and um, then I started kind of doing it my own way and adding my own twist to it. I went to to Chartech University or Chartech Academy and saw Alex's presentation and so i started kind of picking and grabbing and uh you know sometimes i can get people in the office so sometimes it ends up as a powerpoint and i know now we have the ability to do audits as a slideshow which is amazing uh but i was copying and pasting the squares and everything in there Uh, and also uh you know lately uh i've been able to get out and so I, i make books uh for the presentation now in here i have i have the audit right but I also have um, the the uh, contract and the quote. That's why it's a little bit thicker because it's th- this is all I need to close. Everything I need is right there to close. So um, uh, so that that's why I switched or I I use audit because it just it's so quick for me to go down and I, I can build a nice proposal in probably thirty minutes or so. Um, so that's I hope that answers the question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I,
0: have, I actually have a quick follow-up for you, and, and probably, forgive me, the MSPs, probably every MSP listening probably knows what you mean by this, but me as a marketing salesperson, I, I don't. You mentioned
3: false positives. Oh, false positives, that's, that's good. Uh, so that's something, that's information that a tool detects that is out of spec, but is in spec when you look at it in context. So for example, if a tool has a rule to flag a hard drive as uh, full when it only has 10% of space, however, that hard drive rests on a, for example, a network DVR, okay, that you would expect to be near full all the time because it's constantly rotating uh, the video stored on it, then that's a false positive. So it's it's a positive that yes, that hard drive is almost full, but it's false because there's a perfectly good explanation as to why it's full. And so th- there's there's tons of specs that we look at that a tool, an automated tool will flag as off when there's a perfectly good business explanation for it. And so to go through and have to filter through all of those, there's no way to filter through and, and then make better looking reports so then I have to say well you know this spec isn't really that bad and well you know this report says that you know your score is really low but it's really not that low and and it just looks really weird and awkward when you're having a sales meeting and you don't even have confidence in what you're presenting.
0: Thank you thanks for clarifying that was great because I, I usually stumble I sometimes stumble with trying to explain to people that um, there's really no easy button out there there's nothing that's going to scan and spit out a beautiful report you as the msp have to analyze that data that's your job right and and we just right. explained that brilliantly so, so thank you for that bob what oh yeah
2: the uh <laughs> so when we're talking to a ceo about an engagement managed service engagement there are two things i always listen to and they're universal in terms of what is a good opportunity, a good client, they they value IT, they value IT running well. The first one is, it shouldn't be that hard. The second one is, it should just work. When they talk about IT, and you can tell them that there's an actual level of pain, there's also a level of expectation, and there's also a really, really deep-seated, non-interest in going deep into the weeds. And so, you then get back to the whole, it's a well known thing that, that people say if you want someone to pay attention to your writing, write to a 7th. And if you can then have the whole thing about, I want to go deeper, I want to go further out, whatever, always give them that ability. But you don't want that thud factor of, hey, here's all this data, all this information. And the only way you'll get value out of it is if you read the whole bloody thing. Or you listen to us drone on and on about the details. So we want to have something that's going to be compelling. It's going to answer that question. It's going to just work. And it's going to be this easy. And here's something you don't have to read overnight in order to get that value out of. So that's that's kind of our positioning, is is what what do they want to what do they want to hear out of her?
0: Awesome. You know, um,
3: something interesting, Bob, that, that, that you mentioned where, you know, if they want to go deeper, they're, they're, they're going to ask and we should, should be able to answer those questions. I actually had a client prospect that it's actually this one here that I, that I presented this and all these pages and to gather all this info since, you know, we're, I would venture to say that the three of us are pretty competent at what we do, right? And we can size up a situation pretty quickly. So he asked me, how in the world did you gather that much information when we only met for 15 or 20 minutes the last time we talked? And I got a big old smile on my face and I went through and said, hey, I asked you every question I needed. I saw the equipment and here's everything I did to get to that information. And he said, "Okay, here's a check."
0: That's awesome. Yeah. So, the reason, uh, the, the idea of this panel um, was the email. You know, I sent an email out to to our our um, users, to you guys, and it's um, talking about the, the whole idea of a uh, selling green boxes. And I wanted to ask if that resonates with you or what it means to you. Um, I hear these stories. It, it's almost—it's like um, sometimes, and sometimes folks and, and Frank says our founder says this all the time is that he just sells green boxes, and some some folks have given me feedback that it's it's so silly. It's like it's like I'm just selling a green box because folks see the red box and they, they just want to buy a green box. So, um, what does that does that resonate with you? Does that mean something to you? I'll start with uh, Paul again.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. That was a, a major thing that I was doing with the on the QBR side of it because I'd come in with these reports and I'd have yellow and red boxes and a few green ones and then get to the managed service portion and they're all green because that's what I do. And if it's not green, then I'm, I'm doing something wrong. Um, but on their infrastructure and their security, they would have, like, these holes in there that I was pointing out. And then, and then they'd say, well, what do we need to do to fix those? And then we just go through the proposal at that time of what we need to do. And then uh, pretty much send them the quote and they sign off and and off and running, we're going. And that's what, that's the project we're doing for that quarter. And then we come back the next one and we get rid of the next yellow or red box that was going on. And that was the best way to uh, demonstrate value to them too, is that we, we're here, we're showing you what's going on. And as the industry changes, those boxes, also change so as the security needs get greater we can change those boxes to represent what's going on today right and so that was that was a big key to it is that it wasn't just a static and this is what's going to be forever it's like no now we have to implement the next set of strategies to keep you secure and safe
0: awesome how about we go to bob this time we'll let angel go last
2: how do you communicate value? How do you communicate? And, and if you communicate value as you see it, you're not communicating value. You're just regurgitating your, your your sales pitch, your your mantra. So how do you do so in a way that's going to be universal, uh, that is going to say, "Okay, got it. That's all I needed," or "Got it. I have follow-up questions." And the only way you can do that is something that is going to require minimal. Uh, brain power on their, on their side, and no no insult to them, but they get to drive how much detail they want. And the, the, the matrix metaphor with the colors and all that kind of thing does that very, very well, especially if you can add, here's your status quo, here's the way it's going to be if we take these actions. And the person can then go, okay, here's the status quo, here's where we're going to be, that's all I need. Okay, here's the status quo, here's where we're going to be, Let's take a look at the actions. Let's take a look at the details. They can choose that. So you're really putting the digestion of the information in their hands and making it as easy as possible, giving them additional options. Look
3: at Awesome, Angel. So um, for me, it's it's very similar in the sense that you know people buy emotionally, and uh, our our average client isn't an expert in technology, so to To have them look at the data, right, and and understand how to properly interpret it, and understand how to make decisions uh, for their business with it, is not always going to be possible. We just don't deal with the most technical people, but they know red, they know yellow, and they know green. So, you know, again, going back to my little deal here, this this is the baseline deal, and. You know, coincidentally, all the yellows and reds were the guy's biggest hotspots as to why he was talking to us, right? and And so I could tell him, "Hey, they're red and they're and they're yellow for a reason. You're calling us, and by the way, you're spending this much, you should be spending this much, and that's why they're yet red and yellow. And one thing I do a little, uh, I, I don't know if you guys do this, uh, but what I like to do is I don't like to paint the whole thing green, okay? Because mm-hmm. that sometimes is unrealistic all yep. right I also like to leave room for the future and for projects. So a lot of times we can't fit everything into the budget in the first shot. Uh, we have to, we have to transition them from, from everything's on fire to we've got some stability and now then we can work on it. Uh, you want to leave yourself room also for future QBRs so that you don't start getting stuff falling yellow that shouldn't be falling yellow or, or going into red. So I, I, you know, I'd be very careful because then what you don't want to do is is you don't want to shoot yourself in the foot at a later QBR. You sold this and you're coming coming under. Now, if they change to something after you got on board or you found something else, then you should be able to explain that away. But that's why it creates a really cool trail of QBRs and, and, and uh, uh, a quantifiable and measurable way to communicate the value that you sold versus the value that you've provided. And you should be able to, you know, the first one that you present when they're a prospect, there will be some shock, right? But after a while, you should be able to have some agreement on what that looks like. There really shouldn't be any surprises there, you know? And after a while, they're going to get tired of seeing those yellows and reds that are still there from when you first started. And they're going to say, yeah, I got, I got some extra cash. Let, let's make that green. So it, it kind of just lets it simmer in the back of their mind and bug them. Some people are OCD, so they have to have everything perfect. But it, but it has to be their idea. It can't be my idea, right? If you just leave it and let it simmer. And sometimes, I don't know if you guys have this problem, but we have a long sales cycle uh, uh, with with a lot of prospects that aren't quite the pain. Or, I don't know, maybe they like pain, so they're waiting for more pain before they make a switch. And, and that that is just something really cool that you can leave behind that really doesn't have a ton of info. You can leave a summary behind, and it's just red, yellow, and green, and a couple of numbers, right? You just leave that page behind, and they can they can simmer on that. And uh, sometimes that can have a pretty powerful impact psychologically.
2: I'll, let me double down on, on what Angela just said, because I think it brings up a good point. To add to that, you also don't want to look like you're you're – promising the move. Yeah. If you sign with us, everything's going to be perfect right out of the gate because we're perfect, all that kind of fun stuff. So you actually want to show that you're actually listening to their priorities, both from a budgetary standpoint as well as what what is critical to you, but by the same token, you're still holding them accountable to accept the fact that in this category we could be doing better, but we're not going to right now because of the priority, because of the budgetary. Because at the end of the day, you're not selling technology; you're selling a relationship, and you're selling that trust for that relationship. And that means that you have to, and you want to, you have to communicate the good, the bad, the ugly, in a way such that they're not only understanding but the accepting. So, yeah, all green is not good.
1: Yeah, I agree with it, too. The same way that I go with it, it's it's as I go in for the proposal, it's always um, we're going to fix the priorities first, and these other ones we're going to leave for our later projects as we get your, your immediate priorities done. And so then we go forward from there. And then every QBR has something that we're talking about, what's next, what's next, yeah. what's next. Awesome.
3: Cool.
0: Um, this time I think I'm going to go. We'll go Bob Angels, Bob Angel Paul. So we'll go in that order. So Bob's going to go first. That's next question. Before I ask it, if you're if you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, leave a comment. Let us know what you're. You know, say hi, or ask. Feel free to ask a question of us. Make sure you like the page. We do go live every week at a minimum. So we want to make sure we notify you of that. So next question, guys. Can you share a situation where audit helped make that light bulb go off? or a client? Start so,
2: so we actually do use some of the, the thought factor uh, products, the reports, the audits and assessments and all that. But we use that in addition. It really, and by using Audit for IT uh, in one particular instance, we're really able to just bring home, boom, here are some critical things. At the end of the day, you are not able to say you have good backups. And it's one thing to show hey, this shows this, this shows that. But another thing to just basically say, you don't do anything. You are accepting the fact that you don't have good backups. And to to essentially show very, very specifically that ignoring this is acceptance of failure, is acceptance of vulnerability. And I think often, especially uh, geeks, we tend to... Try some cases. We we sugarcoat some of the bad news, and we don't, or or we we overly explain it, so that you don't understand. No, this is a serious vulnerability, and some cases we we choose to explain that by taking the serious vulnerability and turning it into a 600 word essay, with 40 TLAs thrown in, as opposed to no, this is bad. Bad means need to fix. So that's, that's kind of, kind of we've had that in more than one instance. We we're able to say that. So.
1: Cool.
0: Uh, actually, I will pull next.
1: Okay. Uh, yeah. So I have one of my, my bigger clients. Um, before I brought on audit, I would just have the QBRs and go over their situation and just keep telling them that their computers are out of date and we need to update them and some security issues are there. And they wouldn't understand it and then i brought in audit for it and uh just by selling the the green boxes and they were uh, able to show them that most of their boxes are yellow and even one was still red even after i came in in there and started doing stuff i was like your infrastructure and your security needs to be updated and once they saw it in that plain visual aid um we we within six months have have replaced all their infrastructure equipment and all their security holes and that meant a lot of projects for us as, as a company but it also means that I'm doing them uh, justice with the value that I'm providing mm-hmm. by getting them to where they need to be with an understanding uh, with what, what they're doing because just by uh, doing the big uh, list of all the things they need to do, they didn't understand, they don't know the risk. they don't know anything. But by doing the green and yellow and red boxes, they understand, oh, this is an issue, and then we can go into the details in a 1,000-foot uh, view of it, or we can dive into the weeds, where however far they want to go, depending on how technical they are. And so that helped out a ton with that with that client and with my other
3: clients, but that was just the, the biggest example of them. Cool. Angel? Um, you know, not, not a ton to add other than uh – I guess we're not the IT company for people that like to drive with their check engine light on, and uh, audit is kind of like that. It, it's it's a check engine light for your network. Uh, so you know, clients that that leave that check engine light on uh, when stuff goes bad, I can say, well, the check engine light was on, and now the oil pressure light's been on for like five weeks. Well, now your engine's dead. Not my problem, you know. Uh, so. Again, it, you know, and, and the onus is on us to present the information and present it well. And if something's bad, we have to present it often. So maybe, you know, if if you've got some things that are red, you need to maybe go by there uh, monthly, maybe more frequently and say, hey, listen, this is red for a reason. Uh, are you sure you want to do this? But But again, you know, some people they have their VCRs with the clock flashing and they drive around with their check engine light on I can't fix that
0: I love that. my check engine lights on
3: now by the way well Mike <laughs> you, you kind of want to fix that <laughs>
0: I brought I brought it to the uh, to the guy and I said you know it's literally every display and he's like no you need like some piece he's like you really don't need it it's it's for I think it's 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 like So it tells you that if you're going over a line.
2: line. Think about that. So how does, how do automotive manufacturers communicate to the end users, the owners of the equipment, the fact that there is some need, there is some action that needs to be done. They do that through an icon. An icon that's going to be easily, you can look at it, you can understand it, and you can consume it right there and then. How do we know that there's something going on with other devices? They're all a visual Show me something that I understand and that I can immediately determine. And then if I want to, I'll look up at the manual. I'll go Google. I'll go YouTube. Or I'll ask my wife if she knows how to do that. Yeah. Whatever.
0: And it's scary. In
2: in each of those cases, the the absolute number one resource in order to immediately communicate that there's an issue is an icon and often a colored icon.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it it made me immediately like it was like the first time it went on, it happened that morning. And I was in my, you know, I was in my automotive guy in in his shop within a couple hours. And he told yeah. me what it was. And we didn't fix it yet because that all happened like the week before COVID. But you can bet that it, you know, it, every time I've, I, I've only gone out of the house, I've only gone in my car maybe five times in the, in the last two, three months, but it bugs me every time I'm in the car, it draws my attention and it triggers me every time I'm in the talk. All right. Cool. Last question. Um, so, if somebody's asking you guys how you think they should get started uh, with audit, like what steps do you think someone getting started should take?
1: Uh, I can go. Uh, I think uh, you should start with uh, doing your QBRs with audit. You can do your traditional QBRs with it. Um, bring that paperwork, but bring audit on top, present audit first, and then have your, your traditional one as the details. If the if the client was used to that and they want to go into that, just go there. And you'll you'll soon realize that you just never go into that old audit that you used to do. You would just go into the, the new QBR with audit for IT, and then you, you just soon get to where, okay, this is what they're going to want to talk about. And then you can put supporting documents with it. And I do the same thing. Um Oh, let's see if I have it thought I have one right here yeah no nope, I don't have one right here I thought I had another one right here just like angel I thought I had it ah, maybe I do Jeez, please see I do have one right here so I have one right here just just like normal I have my logo on there um and I put in a book and everything just the same and as you sell the the thing you just go through that and then the only thing else you need is maybe an asset report of some kind. And I, like I said, I use warranty master, but uh, some kind of asset report to get that old hardware refreshed and uh, bring your value. I mean, you're, you're really establishing a relationship. You don't want to be reading over a piece of paper. You want to be talking about a square and about what that means to their company.
3: Yeah, that's actually something really cool. Um, Every square you better know what it means to their company, not what it means to you because what me, what it means to you as an MSP and to me as an MSP is absolutely irrelevant but right. if it means something to them like for example, if you know we, I had a prospect last week that um, their server had been down for two weeks. They're a manufacturer and all their, all their machines had gone to CAD and all the files were, were, uh, were, were stored on their server. okay? So you got goodness gracious, one of the machines is like two million dollars, okay? So you probably got 15 to 20 million dollars worth of machines that are stopped. okay? So when you stop on that server box, you'd better be talking about 15 to $20 million worth of machines that are supposed to be making them money that are stopped. So again, that is a great point, Paul, that, that you better know what those squares mean to them. Right.
2: I'm going to be a little weird. <laughs> um, if, you're, if you're buying into this product and you're getting started, go over to Facebook, go over to their group and ask if you, if you can find a an MSP who's willing to walk you through how they use it. Okay. Because here's I hear and I actually had a talk with another MSP. We were talking about some co-managed stuff uh, earlier today. And I mentioned I was doing this session and he asked the question that Mike, you are probably so sick of. So is this a replacement for rapid fire?
0: that's our favorite <laughs> question
2: man. absolutely and, and it's one of those where i don't care how well you guys answer that question it, it's it it still is a mindset so i would suggest that if you're going for the product and the quick answer is it isn't necessarily at all a very different product uh, for us we use both we're happy with both um, but set up a time and, and i'm sure there, there are msps i'll help you but you probably want you know good help uh Set up a time to talk with an MSP that's actually using the tool and walk through either an assessment that you're in the middle of doing or that they're doing to actually walk through. And it will not take a long period of time just to go through how this thing is used because there is a switch that will go off Well, you go, oh, that's how you use it. And then all the other the value stuff that Paul's talking about and Angel's talking about will click as any assessment process should include those things. But once you've got that that nailed down as far as how the whole concept goes, how you accumulate your data, your information, and how you present it through the tool set, it, it just it, it the light'll go off and it's, it's ridiculously simple. I can even
0: that's cool advice. I wrote that down. I'm, I might uh, send an email out to our users and see if I can get volunteers to go on like a, uh, you know, a volunteer demo list. See if we can get people to to yeah. that I can match people up with. I do demos and onboarding all the time, and I'm always happy to walk uh, MSPs through. However, I'm a sales marketing person. I'm not an MSP. Yeah. So, you know, while I know the, while well, I know how to use the software well and I know the best practices, that's a great. You know, every time I talk to you guys and I hear. I listened to MSPs talk about it. I learned something new. And, and I'll tell you a funny story, Bob, you know, as we're as we're wrapping up the um, our favorite question, what you said. Angel, I think I was talking to you at an event about this. You know, we're 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 up on stage and we're talking about what audit does and, and we know that, that question's gonna come up, that somebody's gonna ask us either are you a replacement for rapid fire? or how do I get the data from rapid fire into your tools into your tool or how do I, and, and everybody wants to know for different reasons. Some people just, they cannot get past pushing a button and spitting out a report. They don't want to do any of the work. And, and we tell people, I tell them from right from the stage, Frank has done it. And I laugh because you know, I've seen Frank do this a bunch of times at, at events where he stands up on the stage and goes, we, goes, we do not scan the data. We don't scan data, we don't pull data, we don't bring it in from, we don't import it. And what do you think the first question somebody asks maybe 10 minutes later? it's a lot of work. You no, know, they, they go, how do we get the data? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they literally will. So It's it's not everybody, but it's someone in the audience will always ask, and they heard him say that we don't do it. It's just that I think you, you nailed it, is that MSPs are so programmed to want to wanna know that. So... Um, I got a question here and I'm bringing this up. What are the key differences from Marcos? Uh, I'm not sure key differences. Maybe he's talking key differences between rapid fire and um, us. Is that what you were asking? That's
3: like, um, what are the key differences between a hammer and a, uh, and a chainsaw? Right. right. You know,
2: Marcos for all purposes what rapid fire does and again I'm a rapid fire client we've got both I'm happy with both what rapid fire will do is it will take as good of a snapshot as it can of the the network and there's all sorts of like angel was saying there's all sorts of potential false positives there's also also all sorts of equipment that can be missed the bottom line is you're going to get an inventory you're going to get reports and the reports are going to be very verbose you're going to get about 600 pages, of which maybe 40 or 50 are actually useful. Okay? Uh, but it's actually, in my opinion, one of the best auditing or assessment tools there are that's out there that's not in fixed. Uh, and there's all sorts of other pieces, parts. But it, what it doesn't do is it doesn't convey the value of the agreement and the value of your services in a way that's going to tug at the heart of the CEO and also will not require the CEO to take a dive into them. They just want this stuff to work. Instead, right. what you're going to be able to do is to essentially, using audit for IT, is essentially show them, a here is a very simple matrix of colored squares that you can very easily, without a big learning curve on their part, or quite honestly on their part, you can essentially color to show the current status quo of their network and also show the results of what these services are going to be. Now, what do you have to do? You have to go in and assign the squares and assign the colors. You get to choose which squares and you get to choose which colors. So it's not long and it's not hard to do, but at the end of the day, you're going to end up with about a 10 or 15 page which with supporting documentation and the like, which is going to reinforce why they should work with you. Network detective is going to show them what they have, but give no value to your services. No value as if here's what you're going to get by contract. That's where Audit for IT does it. Very, very good.
3: And and if you sign up today, Mike is going to give you free green, free red, and free yellow squares just to get you started. You know,
0: I'll I'll add
3: a little bit to that. So I'm going to go the other direction as Bob, as far as uh, I canceled rapid fire because it was too much information. And uh, what I found is it was actually generating way more work for me up front to create a proposal than I needed to do to get the business. Um, Mm -hmm. So I mentioned earlier that I've gotten pretty good at looking around, sizing up the situation asking a few strategic questions and ballparking it. And uh, so far, that's served me really well. Um, we haven't run into any surprises. And if there's something that I'm not comfortable with, I go deeper, obviously. But uh, having to wait on running all those reports and, and running all of that for me was just cumbersome work that I, I was tired of doing. Uh, and a lot of times, look, we're, we're, we're pitching a lot. And, you know, this, this stuff takes time and, and, and time is money, right? So I was looking for a faster way through it. And after, you know, I, I kept both for about two years. But mm-hmm. then when I started looking at what value mm-hmm. I was getting out of one, it paid for the other. Uh So, you know, a lot of times you just look at the tools you have and you say, hey, you know, I had a good run, but it's time to time mm-hmm. to move on. So um, in some ways, it it I don't want to say it'll it'll replace it because a lot of it has to do with your own operational maturity. Okay. Right. Uh, and a lot of it has to do with what, what gives you comfort, right? I've been doing this 17 years. I can look at it from a, from about 10 feet away and I can get you a pretty good appraisal of what it is. But not everybody's like that. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But this is a tool. This is an extra thing that you have in, in your pocket. And like Bob said, it's going to communicate uh, that value. Now, question originally was, how do you get started? I... Personally, think you get started by looking in the mirror. Okay, uh, I've written a few articles that that have been highly critical of our industry because a lot of times we fail to look at the mirror. And I think uh, you know jumping on the free trial of audit if you're not a current customer and using it to look in the mirror and assess yourself and assess your MSP and see where you're at. I think that's a great way to do it because then you get to look at it, you get to do the assessment as a consultant. And then you get to look at it as the client and and then sit down and talk about how that makes you feel to see that yellow, to see that red, to see the green. And then you can kind of start to figure out what it's going to be like on the other side of that table when they're the recipient of that report.
0: Paul, did you have something to add before?
3: Yeah,
1: I have something to add. Um, I wanted to add like when – the difference between rapid fire tools and audit for it. So I used to use rapid fire tools when I worked in other MSPs, I didn't bring it on, on mine. I just like angel. I just thought it was a lot of, a work that was, uh, ended up being a lot of fluff and a work for me that the client didn't really, uh, get the detail out of. Uh, so I went different routes and then I found audit for it and I actually enjoy Uh, putting the report together with the green, yellow, and reds uh, at first, because I have to actually think about the customer and where they're at as today's standard at this QBR. So I'm already thinking about what they're going to be asking me as I say, well, this square is yellow, this square is red. I already know because I'm already thinking about their situation and their network, right? So that's the value that we're bringing is, our expertise as we're putting this together is what we're doing for them. And so I, I like the fact that it's not just data thrown into a report and here you go, walk out the door and then you're reading it as you get there. I mean, you should never do that. But uh, but reading a 600 page report is, is time consuming. You're not going to have time to do that either. So uh, you're not going to read all the report. You're going to read the summary and then go out the door. Uh, so you just don't get – that look into their company you're 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 not looking as full as I think you can be and I like the boxes cuz you do you you actually have to think about them as you fill them out you're like all right this is where they're at and this is why before you get to the client and you already have like that question in mind
0: well thank you guys so much for for being on here i know we went a little bit longer than we're used to this was great. I may ask all you guys to come back on again because I, I love chatting with all you guys. It, it, Angel is always a pleasure. I, 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 you know, me and you meet on the road all the time. Paul and, and Bob. This is pro- I think this is a the second time I've talked to each of you. I know I've talked to Paul a few times, but uh, it's good. It's good to see you guys. Good to get to know you guys better, and uh, look forward to, to to meeting up again. So thanks for everybody for listening, and uh, we are going to end the broadcast now. Have a great rest of your week, everybody. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. care. Thanks.